0: Why did the drow become a comedian? Why? For the wolf. It's time for Compelled Duel! (laughs) Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Compelled Duel. I'm Barry. And I'm Al. And we are a co single single-player D&D 5th edition actual play podcast.
1: Last time on Compel Duel, we caught up with Leo in the Sovereign principalities of Dune, where he has some friendly question mark tension going on with both Princess Eleonora Ashthorn of the City of Estermith and a very charming monk from the Order of the Golden Tusk by the name of Zed Stonebloom. He fought some bandits, he got into some political intrigue, he kind of low-key emotionally manipulated a child, but that's fine. Oops.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And before that, the last time we checked in with Ferrara Valcine, she had just survived an assassination attempt back in Australia. She fought off the tree that had been sent to kill her very valiantly, (laughs) and both of her friends got absolutely shit-kicked. And Fi took no damage. (laughs) And Fi took zero damage at all. And she later found out that it had been discovered that her brother was alive and raising an army halfway across the world to come back and try to execute a military coup. A lot happens all the time, and a lot will continue to happen all the time. Yes. It has been, now, a little over a month yes. since the last time we saw Ferora. What do you think that Fee, kind of in her own mind and in her own actions, Al has been prioritizing in this last month and some change?
1: Honestly, I think Fee is constantly on guard. I think the hypervigilance has kicked in. I think she's just trying to keep up appearances, which is what she does a lot of the time, but more so now. I think that conversation with her dad obviously uh, shook her up pretty bad. We last saw her having a panic attack. So I think she's been trying to like keep it together and keep everything kind of bottled up as much as she can. And also not get assassinated.
0: And it is a goal that your father also seems to um, have in mind for you as well. I would
1: fucking hope so.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, it seems to be that way for sure, because your magic training sessions with your tutor and surrogate mother, Alasha Dakarin, have increased fourfold. In the past month and a little bit, you have been training with Alasha almost constantly. And that is actually where we find you now. Our camera zooms in on a great hall in the palace in Valenthal that is no longer decked out for the party that we last saw. Now it is empty and cavernous, but there are man-made constructed obstacles. Furniture with blankets over it just in piles around this room. It looks very slapdash and like you wouldn't want the front room of a palace to look like. But we find you walking very carefully and quietly between all of these carefully constructed man-made obstacles. Wand out, you're in a new kind of, it's not armor per se because you don't have proficiency in any kind of armor as a sorcerer, but it's like quote-unquote mage's armor. Tight-fitting pants, sturdy boots, and a lace-up vest. You're in this outfit and you're prowling back and forth between All of these obstacles you have leveled up, by the way, because of all of this work you put in over the last month. That's why I asked you to level up your sheet before we played. So you are now a level four Divine Soul Sorcerer. Yeah. Yes, so with that in mind, I would like you to roll a perception check. Fifteen. Fifteen? Okay. That does not beat the stealth roll of the thing that is after you.
1: Fantastic.
0: And so. With a giggle and the rattle of many of Barry's dice. (laughs) And because you did not see her, Kalesa is going to get advantage Uh, on
1: this. Actually, I took the alert feat when I
0: leveled up, so she does not get advantage. Shit. (laughs) Well, wait, with the alert feat, she also can't surprise you, right? You can't be surprised. You gotta be shitting me. (laughs) You made my rogue impotent. Okay. (laughs) All right, well, then Kalesa's not going to get this attack with advantage on you, so let me yeah. roll again. God, and you also took away her sneak attack. Yeah, I did. This is cruel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Kalesa's a badass, guys, I promise. Just not today, she's not. She rolled a natural 19 to hit you, so she's still going to hit you. Fuck. yeah. And she jumps out from behind one of the man-made obstacle structures next to you, and she has a big stick in her hand, and she goes, didn't watch out close enough, and she smacks you. For six damage. God damn it. Can I hellish rebuke her just a little bit? (laughs) (laughs) If you would like to non-lethally hellish rebuke your friend, yes. (laughs) No, it's fine, it's fine. (laughs) Maybe later. And then she's going to use a bonus action to hide, so let me roll stealth for her. So Kalesa rolled an 11 for stealth, but it's actually a 19 with her modifiers. So, yeah, she... (laughs) disappears right behind another one of those structures and from the other side of the room feet you hear constant vigilance around a mouthful of food <laughs> and you look over to the other side of the room where uh, Alasha dakarin your magic tutor is sitting in a cushy chair with an end table beside her with a big charcuterie board yeah. on top of it and she's just like slamming slices of salami and yelling constant vigilance at you and banging her cane on the floor and, uh, next to her you hear, yeah, constant vigilance and fen. <laughs> <laughs> Finandris Tormare, your best friend and bodyguard, is standing behind her, just sneaking, like, grapes off the yeah. charcuterie board.
1: I don't remember asking for input from the peanut gallery. She's gonna try and go after this. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna use two sorcery points to do a quicken spell to give myself a true strike. So I don't have this advantage, actually. Okay, so you roll flat. I am going to cast a Witch Bolt on her.
0: Twelve. <laughs> that is not going to hit Kaleza. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. She, again, does not get any sort of benefit on you because you took the fucking alert <laughs> beat. Yeah, I think the room goes very quiet again, and Alasha takes another bite of, like, cheese cube and eats yeah. it and goes, You are to for your surroundings? You're going to hear Kaleza move before you ever see her. Thanks. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, that's going to be a dirty 20. And she pops out from behind another structure. And you do hear her move. Alasha was right. You did hear the scuffle of her feet. And you turn around just in time for her to clock you right in the solar plexus with Ow. the end of this big stick. Ow. And she does two damage. And then she's going to use a bonus action to hide again. She didn't roll so hot on that stealth. It's still a 15. What's your passive perception?
1: Not 15. Okay, Okay,
0: cool. (laughs) So she does hide from you. Yeah. Unless you would like to roll perception to try to spot her and see if you can roll over a 15. So you'd have Um. to roll a 14 or higher. I mean, 25% chance. Yeah. Hey! I rolled a natural
1: 18. Okay,
0: so she tries to hide. You do not allow her to hide. Hell yeah. You hear Alasha yell, Contravergolence! Are on some more cheese again. You just eagle-eye and kind of trace <laughs> yeah. her around the back of this uh, structure as she tries to hide. Yeah.
1: So I'm going to cast Lightning Lore. Oh no. <laughs>
0: which is my new cantrip. I need to make a strength yeah, saving throw, Yeah, she needs to make a DC four strength save. To strength. She's a little girl. She's not strong. <laughs> she rolled a four. <laughs> okay, so with a four, she is pulled ten feet in a straight line toward me. Does that get her within five feet of me? Yes
1: She takes five lightning damage
0: She shrieks
1: <laughs> as you hit her <laughs> I assume I'm not getting in any bullshit today So I'm going to use the rest of my sorcery points <laughs> Just to be petty to okay. quick, Yeah, to quicken spell again uh, She's going to make another strength saving throw
0: Natural 20
1: Fuck, okay Well I try to get her with the gust handship
0: And knock her feet out from under her But it doesn't work you pull her in with this light, yeah. and it shocks her, and you yeah. see the shock goes up her arm and makes all of her hair stand on end and frizz out, <laughs> and you see crackles of static electricity yeah. in her hair, and she shrieks and goes, bitch, and then pulls out of your grip with that natural 20 strength check, and then it's her turn again, and she's Got just going to swing at you with the stick. Training exercise forgotten? You fucked yeah. up her hair, and now she's going to kick your ass. She rolled a natural 19, so that would be 22. Yeah. 5. She just gets you right in the stomach with it, yeah.
1: Okay. She says, ow. I'm gonna use the command spell. (laughs) So she's gotta make a uh, DC 14 whiz save. 17. Motherfucker!
0: And Kalesa is a trained magician. She's a rogue now, yeah. but she did go to wizard college. Yeah. So she does know quite a bit about, you know, arcana and yeah. spell structure and stuff. Yeah. yeah, she shrugs off the effect of this spell and, like, her jaw drops open super offended. Just, did you just try to fucking command me? You keep hitting me with a stick. Because you're not fast enough. <laughs> and then she's going to swing on you again. From across the room, you hear a go, go, girls. Girls. Cut it out! And Calessa does not cut it out, she swings (laughs) on you again. With a natural 19, which is gonna be another 22 to hit, she gets you! Okay, okay. (laughs) Now I'm going to hellish rebuke my friend. (laughs) Yeah, uh, she comes at you with the stick again, and just Babe Ruth baseball swings this thing at you for 6 damage. And
1: I'm going to do a hellish rebuke on her for 3d10 damage.
0: You hellish rebuke your friend? Yes,
1: because she keeps hitting me with a stick.
0: 23. (laughs) Jesus, okay. So you and Kalesa are just both absolutely beat to shit Yeah. Yeah. Your very good friend Kalesa comes at you, hair out in a frizzy halo around her head, big stick, baseball swings at you, and you catch her right in the face with a hellish rebuke. Yeah. And with the force of this Hellish Rebuke from you, Kalesa actually does go flying backwards through the air and into also, one of the structures. I want to reflavor it, because I
1: know Hellish Rebuke is usually fire damage, but because of these whole deal, I want to reflavor it as lightning damage. Okay. So there's like a small thunderclap, and she takes 23 damage. Yeah, I
0: think like the force of this thunder, it is yeah, like yeah, being yeah. struck by lightning a little bit. Kalesa yeah. just shrieks and goes backwards through yeah. the air and uh, collides with one of the training structures, and you hear Alasha actually stand up, big, serious voice. That's enough, ladies.
1: She compulsively
0: straightens her hair and her clothes. Alasha is stood up to her full, not as tall as you, but still pretty impressive height. Looks the same as ever. Long... Black hair, scar down one side of her face and down her neck into the neckline of her dress. She's got her cane, bright purple, but also kind of hawk-like eyes, just narrow at you. And she goes, Kalesa, you alive over there? And a very weak voice from the top of the structure goes, yeah, I'm good. (laughs) And you see a really shaky thumbs up come up over the top of the structure.
1: Sorry, Kalesa.
0: You're paying for my next deep condition. And she, yeah. like, starts crawling down from the top of this structure where you just blasted her to shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, uh, you hear the door to the great hall open. Oh, good. Yeah, uh, not exactly. You turn around, feet. Your dad and Kalesa's dad, Ambassador Eamon Petrus, yeah. just walked in.
1: Fantastic.
0: Feet,
1: Ramrock. Straight posture. Instantly. <laughs> Bob's a little curtsy and says,
0: Father, Ambassador Petrus. Your father takes three steps out of the room. V stops, sniffs. Why does it smell like burning hair in
1: here?
0: V grimaces
1: and says, Kalesa and I were. Uh, sorry, uh, Lady Petrus and I were sparring and I
0: lost my temper just a little. Across there, you hear him <laughs> coming from Kalesa's <laughs> hair. <laughs> And her eye twitches a little bit. Fee your father looks over at Kalesa, and he has a very composed facial structure, but you see a, just a moment of a shit-eating grin on his face for just a second, but then he turns back to you and goes, well, at any rate, it looks like your training is going phenomenally. Which is actually precisely why the ambassador and I came down here to have a discussion with you. We have figured out what the first phase of our public relations plan, due to the incident, is
1: fantastic. Uh, uh, do tell. Yes.
0: As you know, tomorrow's the autumn equinox. Yes. We will be sending you north to the city of Omagrath to open up the festival there. It won't be hard. You don't have to do anything other than read some statements off a of paper. Of course. Yes. We just think it's the best approach to get you out among the people doing official duties as Grand Duchess in order to legitimize your position a little. And I, I understand, Ferrara, given what you went through last month, that whole terrible affair. The, the prospect of this may be frightening, but I assure you, we're taking all things into account to ensure your security. Very appreciated, Father. Yes. Uh, th- this, it's very sound, and I agree completely that this is the right Yes. Well, Finandris, of course, will be coming with you. As your personal protection, you'll have additional royal guards... Most of your retinue has already been sent up the road. You will not be traveling by road for safety's sake. Tomorrow morning, we will go over to the Wizard's Tower, and you will be teleported to the Church of Kimbrel in Omgroth. When he mentions that Fen is coming with you, Fen is hunkered down behind Alasha's chair, and he just looks up with like chipmunk cheeks full of Mm -hmm. charcuterie.
1: He winces.
0: Your father shoots him a little bit of a glare, but then brushes it off and reaches over and ruffles your hair a little bit and goes, congratulations on, I would say, a battle very well won, and I will see you at dinner this evening. Uh, Thank you, father. I will see you at dinner. He and the ambassador turn around and leave. So um, let me pull up the Australia map so we can talk a little bit about this. Omagroth is a... City surrounded mostly by forests. several days' ride to the north. So, yeah, pretty much the only way that you're going to get there in a day is by teleporting. It's a very large city. It has a lot of industry and, like, forestry and stuff. It's one of the major urban centers of Australia. And opening up this festival for Autumn Equinox is something that really would legitimize you in the eyes of your people. Autumn Equinox is a very important day in the Church of Kimrel, because it is the day of the year when the veil is thinnest, and the clerics of Kimrel can use things like speak with dead spells.
2: Yeah.
0: It's a big thing for families. Everybody goes to the churches, it goes to the crypts, and yeah. speaks with their loved ones. But also, it's a big outdoor festival, there's bonfires, yeah. festival games... It's one of the biggest holidays in the religious structure of Australia. Yeah. Your father just gave you a pretty big task. He seems to think that everything's going to be okay. As he and the ambassador leave, Elasha just kind of raises an eyebrow and goes, Huh. Okay. Well, let's talk about this. Do you feel ready? Uh, do I ever?
1: It doesn't really seem to matter whether I feel ready for a thing or not. It just
0: sort of happens. Listen, Fee, you've done amazing with the training over the last couple months. I know I've been riding you really hard, but... I think that if you can go open up that festival and get out among your people and project some damn authority, that it will do wonders to mitigate what I'm sure is an incoming shitstorm for the whole country. Yes, yes, of course. I... Yes, projecting authority. Got it. While you're having this really tense, silent moment... You see Kalesa finally discharging most of the electricity from her hair, looks up and goes, "Ah, oh, bummer, you're going to miss Equinox, maybe we're going to party.
1: Don't worry, I will have exactly zero
0: fun without you, I'm sure. Fen goes, yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> he puts his hands up, he goes, oh, no, 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 I know, I'm the bodyguard, it's my job to not be fun. Don't worry, Fee, I'm not offended, he says, and just <laughs> angrily eats some more charcuterie.
1: Fenn, I do not have the time to worry about your feelings in this.
0: I will buy you a fruit basket later. (laughs) And Kalesa just puts her hands up in the air and then claps and says, Well, clearly we know what we have to do now. Oh no. (laughs) No, you're missing Equinox, okay? That's bullshit. And the fact that... Either your dad or my dad It's probably my dad Because this is the kind of shit he pulls Isn't letting me go with you (laughs) That means we have to party Now Because we won't get the chance to tomorrow Oh no No, 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 I know We're not gonna go out I know, your dad is all you Yeah And I mean, frankly, I don't want to go out I got kicked in the face by a tree Last time I went out Yeah So A tree that
1: was specifically awakened to assassinate me That was very fun for me
0: Yes, that uh-huh. oh, was a
1: really great experience.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it was a great time. Um, So, we have to party, but we can't go out. So, what do we do? Say it with me, kids. We
2: get drink drunk. on the roof. Yeah.
0: Day drink <laughs> on the roof. Yes, good job, Fi. <laughs> You're learning so much. I'm so proud of you. Despite herself, Fi does laugh a little bit. But, and just, again,
1: puts her head in her hands and goes, All right, all right. Alright. Drunk on the roof. Sure. Sounds great.
0: (laughs) Okay. Yeah, you guys retire back to Kalesa's family suite. Yeah, her mother is there, just very frail, wrapped up in blankets on the chaise lounge in their living room. And you guys walk in and she gasps and she goes, Kalesa, darling, what happened to your hair? Fee raises a hand and then says,
1: Sorry. She hit me in the face with a stick.
0: Fee, you own up to this and she just looks between the two of you and just blinks really slowly and says, Alright! And Kalesa leads you guys back to her room. (laughs) She pulls a massive footlocker out from under her bed Mm -hmm. that has an arcane lock on it. She pulls one of her daggers that are her spell focuses out of its sheath on her side and she taps at the arcane lock and it dispels and the top of this footlocker flips up and it is just chock full of Valduran booze. (laughs) She snuck all this shit through customs coming back.
1: Where do you hide this much liquor? You're not a
0: large person. Bag of holding. Oh, of course, yes. Okay, go. She pops open this case, pulls out a big, like, handle-sized bottle of whiskey, and goes over and flings up her window, and she goes, Come on, the way up's really easy. I've been doing this for, like, weeks now. Oh, God. (laughs) And then I'm going to roll acrobatics for her real quick. (laughs) Oh, good. Oh, good. This is an acrobatics check. She rolled a natural 20.
1: Okay, I'm rolling acrobatics. That's a 12. DC 10.
0: Okay. Um, Fen did not roll great. God damn it, Fen. But he rolled enough to pass the DC 10. Okay. Check, yeah. He like huffs and puffs a little getting up there, and I think his foot like slips once and he has a, <laughs> a real pants shitting <laughs> moment where he almost falls off the roof of the palace. But he does make it up there. Yeah, yeah. feet inhale so sharply, like
1: tea kettle noises as this happens. Just... <laughs>
0: bones. Kalesa just sits back and pops the cork off this bottle of whiskey and just takes a slug right out of the bottle and passes it over to you, Yuffie
1: takes perhaps too long of a drink. Just long enough that it's awkward for everyone else.
0: I think Fen is actually the person that gives you the, are you okay, dude?
1: <laughs> Look. Um, he holds
0: one finger up, finishes a long, long drink, and then puts it down and hands it
1: to Fen.
0: Yeah, he just accepts the whiskey and just takes a regular-sized yeah. slug of it. And then he passes the bottle back over to Kalesa. She just kind of sits up and looks out over the top of this tower down on the city. She goes, Man, this is some shit, huh?
1: That's an understatement. That is perhaps the understatement of the decade.
0: It just seems wild to me that, you know... Something about this shit just doesn't feel right. Like, I know, I know, I know all of the evidence that's been brought up and I know the whole political situation and everything that it implied, but I just have a really weird gut feeling about this. Something's... something's up and I know that you said that you don't want to spy on your dad and that you don't want to interfere with stuff like this, and I don't know what I'm going to do about it, but I've got a gut feeling that I've got to do something, and that something's not right.
1: Talessa, this is all way above even my pay grade. This is leagues and leagues above your pay grade. Just for once in your life, leave it alone, she says, and then she takes the bottle back from Fenn and takes another
0: long sip. She sighs and she goes, Pfft. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, it's kind of stupid anyway. My dad's probably going to put me on the first boat to Vagvoldur as soon as most of this shit is taken care of. Well, until then... To drinking on the roof. Yes, drinking on the roof.
2: Here, here.
0: Fee, I think you go to dinner a little bit tipsy. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And that's fine. So your dad clocks you. He doesn't say anything, though. He just kind of gives you a concerned raise of the eyebrow.
1: Yeah. He does not say anything, just sits down in her chair. (laughs) Just uncomfortable,
0: slightly drunk silence. And you guys finish. All right, so you go, you take your rest. Uh, The next morning, you pack up all your things. The ambassador comes by your room, and he gives you your remarks that you'll be giving at the opening of this festival. Fen meets you in the Great Hall. You guys set off across the city. I think you just get a carriage from the palace. So now we are headed to the Wizard's Tower. The Wizard's Tower is almost like a radius from the palace. It's right up against the outer wall of the city. Large, white marble spire, reflective green roof. Beautiful. And you walk in, and uh, Fi, you've spent a little bit of time at this tower. Not as much as, per se, Kalesa did. Because yeah. she went to school here. So the Order of Iluna is its an order of wizards, and it's the academic center of magic in Australia. This is an institute of learning. You know, people come here to learn how to be wizards, learn how to practice magic. It is also an institute of law. The High Court of the Order of Iluna is composed of 12 elder wizards who basically consult upon and confer laws in Australia. Your father is the head of state and can bring laws into existence. These people decide the validity. It's kind of an odd political balance. You have this monarchy, this head of state, that can do basically whatever he wants, but he can't do whatever he wants because this order of wizards can tell him, "Mm, based on legal precedent, that's illegal. So you've been with your father to several meetings with the high court and everything in the span of Just learning how to be the Grand Duchess. So, yeah, you're vaguely familiar with the place. You're not headed to the High Court Chambers today, though. You are led by several Acolytes of the Order. They lead you up this tight spiral staircase into a small chamber off a hallway where several other wizards of the order that are actually inductees of the order. So people that have graduated their magical training. Several wizards are drawing up this teleportation circle on the floor, marking it up on the stone in chalk with runes and arcane glyphs and uh you can roll me an Arcana check if you like. Yeah, sure. It's a natural one. Yeah, Fee, this wizard shit ain't your bag.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: It ain't your bag at all. You have no fucking idea what's going on here. Kalesa's not with you or she would help you. Yeah. Uh, it's just you and Fen, and Fenn, this wizard shit is also not his bag. Yeah. So he just kind of shrugs and goes and tosses his bags down in the middle of the circle. One of the wizards, a pretty young lady with a long silver braid in her hair, uh, comes over and ushers you into the circle. Okay, right this way, Grand Duchess. Have you ever teleported before?
1: Uh, no, I have not. Uh, what should I know to prepare for it?
0: A little bit of nausea, perhaps. It affects about 20% of people. You could get some vertigo. Again, you know, some people come through it perfectly fine. You're going to feel a little bit of a falling sensation, a little bit of a tingle in the tummy, and then you'll be safe and sound at Omogra.
2: Fantastic.
0: All right. Okay, Perfect three wizards set up at equidistant points yeah. around this circle and start channeling their spellwork. You see the chalk runes on the floor start to grow. There's another wizard at a desk in one corner of the room, like, doing paperwork. Yeah. And the door to this room opens, as so you see these runes on the floor start to glow. And a order of Iluna robe clad, Sorin Chakrana walks into the room. And uh, he has an armful of papers. He doesn't even acknowledge that you're there. V doesn't roll her eyes, but it's a near thing. Yeah, he walks in, doesn't even look at you, uh, and goes over and plops some folders and some papers down on this wizard's desk in the corner and says, uh, They sent me down with these from upstairs. They're wanting to know if you can rush the reports on them for the end of the day, and the wizard kind of grumbles something, and Soren just puts his hands up and walks away. Uh, v, I would like you to roll an investigation.
1: Nat 20.
0: Nat 20. You see every moment of what happens next. I think you just hear Alasha screaming constant vigilance, and your focus just zooms in on Soren as he walks back across the room. And he did not acknowledge you coming in because there were people watching him when he came in. He looks up at Yuffie as these runes on the floor glow and start to pulse, and you start to feel like a weird floating sensation in your stomach as the teleportation takes effect. Soren Chakrana looks you dead in the eye, and you hear the scuff, scuff, scuff of his foot kicking away one of the chakras. He looks you deadly eye, face an unmoving mask of bitterness and rage, and says, "Oops,
1: you mother!" And then
0: you are not in the room anymore. Yeah, you are gone. The nice lady wizard in the tower told you that you would feel like a little tingling, falling sensation yeah. in your tummy. Somebody has reached into your gut and grabbed your stomach and is pulling you along by it. It's the most intense, like g-force roller coaster ride of your life and takes your breath away and then just very suddenly very jarringly it stops you are about five feet in the air suspended mid-air and you collapse into a heap on the ground then collapses next to you it takes you a long moment to even regain like breath, and presence of thought.
1: Fee swears very loudly and for a very extended period of time. Just like yells and like slams her hands down at her sides and then casts an underclass, which is kind of instinctively. Um, Fenn needs to make a, a con save. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man! Unfortunately.
0: 23. Yeah, he's fine he stands up, though, and goes, What the hell just happened? He saw nothing of what you just saw. Sauron
1: Shakran is a rat bastard is what happened. He- oh.
0: what, what did he do? He
1: fucked with the fucking teleportation circle. Where
0: are we? You are in the middle of the fucking forest. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it is early morning. There's still mist clinging in between these tall, tall pine trees. The sound of various, you know, birds and forest creatures kind of skittering around. Every direction you look, forest. You don't know if this is the forest around Omagroth. You don't even know if you're still in Australia anymore.
1: She takes a very deep breath, clenches her fists at her sides. Okay, we're gonna figure out where we are. We're gonna get out of this situation. And then I'm gonna put his head on a fucking pike. <laughs> Just
0: smiling, just very Grand Duchess smile. Oh boy, okay, yeah, <laughs> Fen stands up, you know, brushes off his armor. Alright, well, I don't know how we figure out where we are. Do we just start walking?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and pat Fen on the back and cast Guidance. Okay. Which means he gets to, on a check, roll a d4 and add the number.
0: Fen is going to roll a survival check. To see if he can find a way to figure out where you guys are. He rolled a natural 20. <laughs> Fen turns into fucking Davy Crockett for a second. Just like, gets down on one knee, puts his ear to the ground, yeah. stands up, licks his finger, and puts it up yes. in the air to see if he can see which way the wind is blowing. <laughs> Fen briefly multi-classes into a ranger.
1: <laughs> for one shining moment.
0: <laughs> it's Fen's big day, baby. Yeah, and then he stands up and he closes his eyes and he says, hold on, listen. And at his prompting, you close your eyes and listen. And you hear a distant kind of rushing crash. He goes, that's the ocean, that way. And he points off to your right. Okay.
1: That's somewhat helpful. Which coast are we at?
0: We're about to find out.
1: Yeah. I suppose so.
0: And yeah, you guys just yeah. take off through this forest. It's it's a bit of a trek. The terrain is very like yeah. I almost feel like it's like mountainous terrain almost. There's a sharp upward slant to some of the inclines that you guys climb, and a lot of rocks that you can like trip on, and it's not easy going. But eventually you make it to the tree line of this forest where you are, and you can see well, first you can see like open sky and lack of trees. Out ahead. Yeah, and then you crest to the top of this ridge, and you see a rocky, inhospitable beach, and gray, churning seas crashing into it below. This is down like a hundred feet below you. And then you see a long stretch of this churning, gray, stormy looking water, and in the distance, see a massive blackened blighted looking island, just spears of rock shooting up into the sky. The whole place has kind of a necrotic glow and aura to it, and very distantly, the day is very misty, there's a lot of like misty, wispy clouds. Shooting up, you see a black monolithic tower, you are looking at Lokstokalan, which is the center of the Church of Kimrel. It is in an island, in a huge bay, along Astraria's southernmost coast. You are as far from Omagrath as you can possibly be in Australia right now, pretty much.
1: He takes a very deep breath, clenches her fists, lets them go. Big grand just smiles and says, "I'm going to kill him so much. I'm going to make that motherfucker wish I'd
0: killed him fast." Fen just goes really
1: pale. He goes,
0: "Oh man, this is bad."
1: Yes, Fen. Great observation.
0: Well, I mean, we we don't have a boat. We can't get to the island. Nope. What? Roll me a survival check. Yeah. And Fen will roll as well. 12,
1: plus let's see what I have to survival. Oh, negative 1. 11.
0: It is a DC 10, so with that 11, you got to work really hard for it. I Uh think you spend a lot of time kind of just pacing this narrow rocky bridge that you and Fenn are on, just trying to figure out, you know, what the hell do we do? Do we try to get to the island? Do we go back the way we came? At the very bottom of this cliff, where the churning sea is kind of crashing against the rocky shore, you spot smoke and the harder you look you see a spot of light and i think you actually take fen and start to move down this ridge a little bit you get close enough to see that it is a small village nestled in the embrace of this like tall ridge with the forest on top yeah i'm gonna go towards it okay it takes you a little while you start making your way down this ridge It's probably difficult terrain the whole way. You're moving at pretty much half speed the whole way. Over these, like, rocks and ledges and pitfalls. Yeah, you walk right into this village. It's a very small gathering of buildings. Fee, I don't think you've ever seen this level of, like, poverty in your life before. You grew up in, you know, a nice city in the south, and then you came to court... Fee's probably never seen, like, thatched roofs. And, I mean, that's what this is. It's, you know, log cabins or houses with thatched roofs and mud and wood walls. Just chaotic dirt roads with wagon ruts down the center of them. And, yeah, it's just this cold, wet, salty seaside town. And you see people, like, shuffling around on in the streets. And... and they look at you and Fen like you guys are fucking aliens. Fee is going to straighten her posture,
1: uh, try to smooth out. I think she, like, was in nice clothes, and now she's been romping through the forest for fucking an hour. She looks roughed up, but she tries to smooth out her dress. <clears throat> Hello, everyone. I am the Grand Duchess
0: for Valsein. I require assistance. <laughs> Everybody's eyes get real big. Yeah, because, I mean, these people didn't know who you were. As these people, you know, scramble to help you, Fee, I think you're struck with that realization of, like, your entire life, everybody around you has known you on site. And I think that moment of just anonymity probably kind of fucks with you a little bit. Yeah, probably. You have this kind of weird paradigm realization of the fact that, like, these people have probably never even seen your father. And your father is their ruler, and they've never seen him. It's a weird kind of mindfuck as you're being rushed with Fen through this town. Yeah, so you are rushed through this village of these dirt roads into a plaza that is set up for the Equinox Festival. Not like any Equinox Festival you have ever seen, though. You are used to essentially, like, a carnival, you know, in a very urban setting. This is very simple. Just a couple festival games, some booths with food... There looks to be a big wooden stage set up for perhaps like a musical performance later. And there's a huge roaring bonfire already going outside of what is clearly this village's church. And you and Fen are led into this church. And while it is simple, it is much the same as every other church of Kimberley you've ever been in, in essence. You know, there's pews, there's an altar down at one end, there are skulls hanging from the ceilings. Yeah. You know, average church. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, to Fi, it's totally normal. Maybe even a little comforting. The people that brought you here, they go back further into the church, leaving you and Fen kind of in this vestibule. And you guys are alone with each other for the first time since you got here. And Fen just looks panicked. Oh, Fi puts her fucking head in her hands. Okay, yeah, and I think you and Fen just kind of share this quiet moment of despair and, you know, just uncertainty, not knowing what the hell is going on. And then the people from the square come back into the vestibule, uh, leading behind them a very old, very rotund elf in priest's robes, just, like, the oldest, roundest elf you've ever seen. Fantastic. He has... Barely just wisps of silvery hair left on his head is, you know, shuffling behind these people and comes up to you and Fen, and harrumphs a deep, exhausted breath and says, Well, what an early equinox gift. What brings you to
1: Embertide, your highness? Ah, uh, there was an unfortunate accident with my transportation uh, elsewhere, and I was accidentally deposited in the forest outside of your lovely town. Well, sounds like you've been through quite an ordeal.
0: That's one way to put it. (laughs) Well, if we can be of any assistance, I know we're just a humble village, but please don't hesitate to let us know. Are there boats? Ah, small ferries that go back and forth to deliver supplies to Luxtogala occasionally. Does anyone
1: here have the sending spell? Well, I do, yes. Would it be at all possible for you to send a message to the Archduke? I understand that that's a a big ask. But would it be at all possible for you to, at at request of the Grand Duchess, send a message to the Archduke saying that I am here instead of uh, where I'm supposed to be? Very
0: well. Thank you so much. So he shuffles up to the altar at his rope belt he has a jagged wickedly sharp dagger with a skull set into the pommel. It is not weird to feed that this old man has a very sharp knife because these jagged knives are the holy symbols of Priests of Kimmel. He takes this jagged knife in his hand and he starts muttering a prayer and the dagger lights up with this kind of Grayish silvery radiance, and you feel the arcane kind of energy of a spell going off. Fantastic. He turns back around, he says, Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to introduce myself. I'm Brother Vanto, I am the proprietor of
1: this church. Lovely to meet you, Brother Vanto, and then he bobs like a little curtsy and says, I am for Valzine, as discussed with some of your fine people outside. Well, we're so
0: honored to have you. And then his head twitches a little bit, and uh, you think he's getting an answer back on his sending yeah. spell? Feet, like, shrinks. Roll an insight check. Oh. Seven. Seventeen? This old man flinches. So does Fee. Yeah, he just flinches and kind of harrumps to himself and says, Oh, well, the Archduke is certainly not happy. Yes, I figured you wouldn't be. He said you'll be retrieved by land since teleportation is no longer safe. Yes, uh, thank you so much. He says, Well, it seems we'll have you for quite an extended stay then. We're eight days' ride from Vellendal. Of course you are. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. Well, I'll see to your accommodations, don't worry. Now you can go out and enjoy the festival if you want. Thank you so much,
1: Brother Manto," he says. And she just, like, pinches the bridge of her nose, just...
0: Fenn looks at you
1: and mouths, eight days. She looks back at him and just nods and, like, clenches her teeth and then mouths, eight days.
0: Yeah, Fen just kind of blinks hurriedly and I think just turns around and leaves the church. She is just gonna, like, sit in a
1: few for a second, just head in her hands, <laughs> just thinking of all the things that she's going to have to hear when she gets back to the yeah, I think she's going to wait a minute, and then she's going
0: to follow Fenn. Fenn is going to town on one of the snack booths by the of time you make yes. it out there. But also there is a crowd gathering around the stage that has yeah. gone up, and you begin to hear music from over that way. Other than that, you know, there are festival games, you know, if you want to go try to put a jester in a dunk tank or something, you can go try to do that. Nah. Uh, you will just go watch the performance. Okay. You close in on this stage, and see something pretty interesting there is a young elf woman very tall almost as tall as you and she is decked out in a short puff-sleeved red dress with lots of multicolored red and orange and yellow petticoats underneath it's very like a fiery themed outfit lots of glittering beading and stuff on it kind of silky swishy fabric uh she has silver hair like a steel gray hair braided in a crown around the back of her head and on her wrists and on her ankles above her bare feet she is wearing leather bracers and leather anklets that have many to dance and from these bracers around her wrists and around her- Probably the coolest thing any of them have ever seen. She finishes the performance with a flourish to just absolute cheers from the audience, and then makes a exaggerated bow and leaps
1: down off the stage. All right. Yeah.
0: Wow. Um. (laughs) What does she do after she gets off the stage? She hops off the side of the stage. You see her talking to another elf this one little bit younger looking who she hashes out some things with you see like some money exchange hands and then she grabs a tankard of something to drink off of a side table by the stage and just like chugs it down okay and then i'm gonna roll something for her really quick okay yeah she looks over at you and when you first walked into this village you had the thought of like this anonymity being totally new experience of people looking at you and not knowing who you are. That does not happen. You see this lady clock you all the way across the square. Fantastic. And her eyes get really big, and she leans over and says something out of the corner of her mouth to the shorter woman. The shorter woman mutters something back, and she puts her drink down, Fee, and she walks straight over to you. Fi, uh, is straightening out uh, her skirts
1: <laughs> and just kind of brushing herself off because sure she's fucking covered in dirt. She's been walking through the
0: forest for an hour and a half. You've got some moss in your hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this young woman comes walking over to you and she dips into a flourishing, very charismatic curtsy oh. and says, and I thought I felt out of place here. What's the Grand Duchess doing in a backwater like this? <laughs> um, uh, Fee strains her hair again I guess
1: uh, uh, Teleportation accident uh, Obviously I don't need to introduce myself
0: And who might you be My name's Mira She <laughs> offers no further information than that Great <laughs> Actually Fee I think she just moves past you And starts walking It's with kind of a Self-satisfied knowledge That if she moves past you And keeps walking That you're going to follow her Yeah, and I am. And you see her kind of grin to herself and start walking. She's jingling the whole way. But uh, she, you know, walks off and you kind of fall into step next to her, I think. And she just starts kind of moving around the booths. Everybody's giving her free shit because she just did something really cool. And she passes you, like, some festival food, like some hand pies and stuff as you guys walk. And she um, takes a bite of some steak on a steak (laughs) and and goes... You know, teleportation accidents can get really dangerous, but you would have thought that they would have had the talented wizards taking care of you, right?
1: Oh, they did. just happened that a less talented one was, uh, in the mix.
0: Ooh, got some wizard drama? Boyfriend drama? feel like flinches. Ooh, definitely not. No, 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 (laughs) no. No. She grins, and you can see... One of her canine teeth is gold. Oh, good. Just one. Just the one on the left. Yeah, she grins and she says, Well, okay. Noted.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, not that... uh, uh, uh,
0: (laughs) So you're saying that you have personal beef with a wizard that sent you down here and got you stranded in Astraria's armpit on the night of the (laughs) equinox. That blows. Yes, quite. I'm...
1: My revenge will be swift and terrible. I bet it will be, she says.
0: (laughs) She laughs nervously. Yeah, you guys just keep walking for another couple seconds of silence, and then she grins a little bit wider, and she says, You know, I heard about that assassination attempt on you last month. That was some really horrible stuff. Oh, good. People have heard about that outside of the Capitol. I've heard about that. And I know a lot of things that a lot of other people don't. So, she winks. Really? Yeah, all I'm saying is just it kind of begs the thought of an assassin that would fuck up trying to kill you two times as a pretty shitty assassin. Yeah,
1: I had that thought as well. But the problem will be dealt with when I get home in, oh, two weeks, apparently.
0: (laughs) Rough, she says. Yeah, yeah. Goes, well, I'm only in town for the festival, but I mean, I guess I could hang around if you wanted some more help uh, navigating rural life. <laughs> it sucks out here a bit, doesn't it? A little bit, yes. <laughs> she says, and you know, I think that we have a lot of things that we could talk about, but listen, I've got a- another set coming up here in like 10 minutes, so I'm gonna go. Would
1: you take some assistance?
0: Maybe uh, add a little flair.
1: Not that your performance didn't have flair, but, uh, and he casts the gust
0: cantrip. Ooh. (laughs) You know, you don't want to tempt me with that, because then I'll want to take you on the road, and I think your father wouldn't really (laughs) approve of that. Ah, no, but... I won't tell if you won't tell. Come on. And yeah, I think she does... I'm gonna roll a performance check for her with advantage from your help action. She's gonna fucking destroy this. She rolled a natural 20. (laughs) Fantastic.
1: Love to see it. She
0: fully melts these people's faces off. Yeah. Yeah, it's a religious experience for these people.
1: I think before she starts dancing, Fee does a little bit of a guss and, like, makes the bells start before she starts moving, Ooh. just, like, really subtly. Yeah,
0: and again, you know, just yes. this frenzied, like, dance, and she's got the prestidigitation effects and yeah. the, like, dancing lights, I think, eventually also <sighs> coming off and, like, going in between the folds and petticoats of the skirts, so her yeah. skirt, like, glows. Yeah, it's very cool. And yeah, she finishes, and by the time she finishes, Fenn comes over and he just has a bread bowl of soup in his hands. <laughs> Him. <laughs> that he's like drinking out of the bread bowl. Oh, did you make a friend? Who's your friend? Um,
1: <laughs> uh, he just like tugs at an earlobe. uh
0: that's Mira. She's a performer, bard extraordinaire. Hi, nice to meet you. And she uh, dips a little curtsy yes. to Finn, and he just kind of shrugs and takes another bite of his soup. Well, he goes, "At least the food is good. I mean, like if we're gonna be stuck uh. here for eight days." Um, and you guys can see that the festival is starting to really, you know, like, kick into high gear. The sun's starting to go down. Uh, you see Brother Vanto's out in front of the church, like, where the big bonfire is. And they are actually starting these kind of, like, ceremonies of remembrance where like, families are coming and he's going in the church and bringing out a skull and casting Speak with yeah. Dead on the skull. And, like, these people are talking with their deceased loved ones. Yeah. And that's all going on. And Mira turns around and she goes, hey, so I've got to go manage some money stuff with my troop, do you want to meet by the bonfire later and maybe we can have some more conversations about this? I would love that. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> cool, it's a date. And she jingles off. I feel like he's a very deep breath. <sighs> Women. Ben just kind of nods and goes, yeah. Anyway, so well, I heard some creepy-ass ghost stories while I was going around the food booths. All right. Well, apparently, like, everybody is really shocked that we're alive. Because I guess that, like, oh, when the veil is thin this year, there are, like, undead in the woods that come out and take people. And that's why people go missing every year around the equinox. over oh, 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 right. It's a bunch of bullshit, but the it was fuck? spooky. <laughs> I know, right? Like, I mean, you saw that ledge that we went down. I'm surprised yeah. that a person of fucking day doesn't die around here. Yeah. I, I didn't even know this place existed.
1: I suppose I knew that there must be some place sending supplies to Luxigolin. But, I don't know, I never thought about it there being a place where people lived that did that. I know,
0: wild, right? They got good soup, though. (laughs) And he just goes back, I want something sugary. I've got you. And he reaches into his pocket and just pulls out a handful of loose cake out of his (laughs) pocket and hands it to you. He goes, I ran out of room in my bag.
1: He just kind of (laughs) nods and takes the cake and says, today already sucks. And then
0: shoves it in her mouth. (laughs) Yeah, so you guys walk around and, um, you actually overhear some of these, like, ghost yeah. stories, you know, kind of people go, oh, keep your kids inside tonight, like, it's just spooky, ooky bullshit. And yeah, I think you and Fenn just go enjoy the festival for a little bit longer. I think, you know, you now know that you have people coming to help you. It's yeah. now just a waiting game for both your father's wrath and the resolution of this conflict. Yeah. So why the hell not? Yeah, I think you and Fenn just kind of roam this Equinox festival and... Go to the small, thatched-roofed tavern and get a little drunk and come back out. The musical troupe is still playing. You know, Mira's friends and everything that she was there with. They're up on stage doing just a set of, like, lively tavern music. People are dancing. Yeah, I think you guys really enjoy yourselves for a bit. And then several hours pass. It is late, late, late into the night. The musician's troupe packs up and leaves, and most of the people are starting to clear out of the square.
2: Okay. Did Mira meet me at the bonfire, or is she waiting over there?
0: She's not there. Okay. You see her troop, including the smaller elven woman that she was talking to, you see them, like, over by the stage, packing up their stuff to go home. Okay, I'm gonna go over... Uh, she's not over there either, but the smaller elven woman that she was talking to earlier, who also recognized you, she dips a curtsy and says, Oh, your highness, what can we do for you? I was hoping to talk to the dancer
1: in your troupe, uh, Mira. We had, uh, plans. Oh, she's not with you? Uh, no. Oh, she told me she was gonna be with you. She gestures at, like, the empty space at her side. Then I'm,
0: I'm sorry, I'm not sure. I mean, she better hurry the hell up. We're packing up and leaving town tomorrow.
1: Can I make an insight check?
0: Yes, you can make an insight check. So it's a one? I mean, you can't tell. This woman seems genuinely confused.
1: Okay. Thanks. I guess. Uh, he's gonna walk away start trying to figure out where Mira is.
0: Okay. Uh, as soon as you kind of walk away the troop, they go and they look a little worried. Yeah. And I think you and Fen just kind of start combing through the rest of the square. Like, you yeah. a few remaining people trying to see if Mira's anywhere. And something happens. V- oh, God. Fee, you and Fen are roaming the square, trying to locate your new friend. And a bat comes and lands on your shoulder. Okay. Like an actual physical bat. All right. The bat scuttles down your arm and uh-huh. into your palm, and it looks up at you, and uh-huh. it opens its little bat mouth. Uh huh. And in a fully human, familiar whispering voice, it says, "Grand Duchess, so sorry, I could not make our appointment. Um, I was knocked in the back of the head on my way out of the square, and it appears. Flies away. Um, that's weird.
1: Okay, uh, Fen, and then she pats him on the back and casts guidance again.
0: Uh, what was that for? He says, he heard none of this.
1: Okay, Mira has been kidnapped, apparently. The hell? That's weird. We're gonna figure out
0: where she is, cause that's fucked up. Uh, yeah, sure. And then he's gonna roll a survival check and add a d4 to that. Yeah. Because of your help. That's over 20. That's 23. Nice. So yeah, Ranger Fenn <laughs> puts his yeah. ear to the ground again.
1: <laughs> yeah, he says, uh, seems like a cave. She said a bat. That. that would be up the ledge
0: somewhere then.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: What the hell is going on here, Fee? I don't know. He finds a trail. Um, I think you guys actually find one of her jingles yeah. uh, on the side of the road, bleeding out of town. And Fen stops and picks it up, and he looks horrified, and he looks over at Yuffie, and he says, I think this is worse than we thought. Remember all those ghost stories about the people that go missing on the equinox?
1: Yes, I remember the
2: ghost stories.
0: I think we're looking at the conclusion. And that is where we end for this week. Right. <laughs> so, uh, Team Fee has gotten themselves into quite the pickle, and we will see the resolution of this particular conflict a few sessions from now. I'm gonna knit some Arakana scarf out of that
1: intestines.
0: <laughs> 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 see you guys next time. I'm compelled to. Script Just getting a couple of housekeeping things taken care of here at the end of the episode. First things first, I would just like to apologize in advance. The next couple weeks of sound quality on the episodes are going to be really, really rough. I think I discussed in episode one that Al and I recorded the vast majority of season one way before we ever released the show. So the next three or four episodes were recorded during the dog days of summer when it was in the 90s every day, sometimes the 100s, and we just had to have our air conditioner on while we were recording. I was able to get the air conditioner sounds out of the audio, but it distorted the quality of the audio quite a bit. So... Just bear with us, again, I'm really sorry, the sound quality is going to vastly improve once we hit episode 10, because that's when we got some more advanced recording equipment to help us out with the podcast. Moving forward, thank you guys so much for listening, and hopefully sticking with us from previous episodes. If you're new, welcome. We just want to thank you guys for all of your support and all of the discussion we've seen on social media. We are on Twitter, Tumblr, and TikTok, at CompelledDuel. We are also on TikTok, at CompelledDuelAudios, where we post audio snippets from the show. And we are also on Patreon, which leads me to another small update. Um, this is a really great problem to have, but we actually have too many patrons now for us to be able to thank all of you at the end of episodes without making these postscripts really, really long. So moving forward, we are going to just be thanking the new patrons that we have gotten since the last episode. But that does not mean that we appreciate you guys any less. We love you so much. Thank you for all of the help that you give us. So this week we would like to thank our new patrons, Saren Mist, Six Sucks, Morrigan, Ellen Spence, and Safran HG. If you like what you've heard and you want to help support the podcast, there are a few things you could do. You can consider pledging to us on Patreon. We do have a lot of really great perks available on there for our patrons. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, you can drop us a rating and a review if you have a second. That helps us get promoted and reach a wider audience. And, as always, if you're enjoying Compelled Duel and you like it, tell three friends about it. And if they enjoy it, tell them to tell three friends. Word-of-mouth advertising is all we've gotten right now, and it's done so much good for us. The next episode is going to be going up on January 8th, or if you are a member of our Patreon, you'll get early access on January 7th. As always, thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next week!